You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So, unfortunately, we are, for a couple different reasons, a little late on uh, the last um, OTA session that was public, or at least open to the media. The, uh, the first episode that came out, I had that about half recorded from the day before, and so I had to decide, should I just put this off and then do a ota episode and etc etc and i was like nah let's just finish it because the benefit of it being such a light news thing is that if we're a day or two or three or four days behind it's not that big of a deal i mean it's not as front of mind for a lot of people so it's not ideal but you know if you're talking regular season or even training camp or whatever if you miss a day you just miss a day because i can't tell you about training camp day three if training camp day four just ended i mean i'd have to combine them right we get one of these a week so you know, it just is what it is. So we're going to go over um, the stuff that happened. Usually what, what I kind of wanted to do initially was to do what we did last time, and that is just kind of go note by note for training camp. But uh, that's not what I want to do today. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm feeling like doing something different. And since we did that last time and we did not focus on the locker room interviews last time, that's what I want to focus on, that and the Matt LaFleur interview. But uh, we're just going to take them one at a time. These usually take a very long time. I'm going to try to uh, reduce the amount of time, which is not play every single question, although I find most of them (laughs) worth talking about, so it's hard for me to skip questions, but I try to, and then, uh, you know, comment a little. So we can get through as many as possible, but that's what I want to do today. I want to kind of look at what these guys are saying, because it's it's good to hear it, because, listen, everything's a question mark, right? We, We don't know anything. So to be able to hear each little tidbit, at least it gives us a little bit of a taste of kind of where everybody's at, where their heads are at, where they're at physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. But without further ado, why don't we just get started? Um, the first locker room interview is with Romeo Dobbs. Um, let me just preface it by saying this. Romeo has been um, a focal point we'll, whenever we eventually get to the training camp notes, hopefully tomorrow. Um We'll, we'll cover the fact that he's been targeted a lot, he and uh, Musgrave. And I think that that's kind of interesting and, and maybe shouldn't have been all that surprising. And I don't mean to disparage Romeo. That's kind of the opposite of what I'm trying to do right now. But um, it, it, it may not entirely be due to Romeo. It could just be play style for Jordan Love, which seems sort of to be the inverse of what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do, and that is to sort of attack the short area and the middle part of the field. Well, if Romeo Dobbs is sort of your, you know, uh, short part of the field, you know, he's going to be running the quick slants and the the quick outs and all those kinds of things. While Christian Watson is sailing down the field, you're going to see a lot more Romeo Dobbs. And likewise, Musgrave is also the guy screaming across the middle of the field, and he's been targeted a ton. But all that aside, it's worth noting that, yes, although things are very early and you can't glean a ton from it, I think the connection between quarterback and receiver is important and there seems to be a pretty strong bond right now between Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs and so it's it's great to see that um 
I think maybe I've been a little bit unfair to Romeo Dobbs insofar as just kind of being honest with my assessment, which is if we just look at last year, Christian Watson was the guy that had a really, really good rookie year and has a lot to build on. Jaden Reed, I think, is 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 a... Uh, I really like watching Jaden Reed, and I think he has a really high ceiling. So for me, I've been looking at it and saying, look, I think Christian and Jaden are, are primed to be the top two guys at least sooner than later. And hopefully one, if not both of these tight ends can can become something. And that can kind of be the core of it. And that's not to say that Romeo can't play a role. I just sort of see him, you know, from a ranking talent-wise, the, the number three. And that again, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. But again, that's completely unfair because we don't know how these things are going to unravel. That's part of the whole mystery of this entire team. I don't know what's going to happen with the tight ends, the wide receivers, nothing. And again, considering he is, you know, a, a worker, he's a hardworking guy, and I love the way he answers some of these questions. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back on the R- Romeo Dobbs hype train. Not that I never was necessarily off of it. Well, I guess that's not true. A lot of fans were big Romeo Dobbs fans before he even took a snap, and I'm like, come on, dude, he's a fourth-round pick. Like, what can you really expect? And then he kind of showed some stuff, but then I kind of immediately got off it again because it's like, look, it was a, it was a mediocre year. It was injury. Da, 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 da. I love his work ethic. I love his attitude. I love all that stuff, but we got to actually see it first. But I think he has everything that is required to be a high-quality starter. Um, and then again, com- considering how he kind of melds with uh, Jordan Love and his play style, it, it could end up being something pretty cool. But anyways, um, first question, I think, if I have this queued up right, is um, just about that that year one to year two jump, which is another thing we all seem to forget about, not just that, but the year three jump uh, and how critical those things can be in, in people's development and their comfort in the system. But here's what he had to say. How has year two been so far for you? I feel like it's, it's more comfortable than your rookie year? Um... I mean, going into year two, I'm playing a lot faster, so I don't want to say comfortable because I know being comfortable kind of comes with some sort of complacent area, you know, but just humbly speaking, um, I'm playing a lot faster. Uh, some of the other veterans, rookie, uh, excuse me, Christian and Samori, we're all playing fast, and it's it's going to be really exciting. Hey, Romeo, so um, the, 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 the cool thing about it is it, it sounds kind of like it's, He's downplaying a little bit, which is actually, there's some parallels here between this and what um, Matt LaFleur's comments about lowering your expectations about Jordan Love, which nobody wants to accept. Everybody wants to believe that Matt LaFleur went to the podium and was like, he's not going to be that good, so chill out, which is freaking stupid. He obviously didn't say or mean that. But again, a lot of this is just sort of being humble. But underneath it, you can tell Romeo in a very humble kind of way and, and, and also just not trying to say, I've arrived, because as he said, there's complacency in that. If you believe that you're where you're supposed to be, then you're not striving for new things. But still, it sounds to me that underneath all that, he's saying, dude, I'm freaking good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm playing real fast. Like, I'm flying around out there. I don't want to say I've arrived because, you know, that, that, would, that would mean that I wouldn't be able to keep getting better. And I'm trying to be humble here. But, uh, yeah, let's just say we're all playing a little faster, so it'll be interesting. Uh, skipping one of the questions in between, but he kind of elaborates on all this, which, I mean, we know this, but it's good to hear it because we forget, right? You watch him as a rookie and go, eh, I don't know, right? I don't think he's got it. I don't think this. I think that, 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 that. We forget that these are a bunch of guys running around like chickens with their head cut. They don't know what the heck they're doing. <laughs> So here's what he had to say to the question, why do you, or essentially, what do you mean by more comfortable? What, what does that mean? 
Um, just understanding the plays more. Uh, not only do I get to understand the play, but I get to understand why the play is being ran. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, everything else just becomes natural and reactionary. What was your So again, we know all this, but we also all forget this. All right, we, we look at these young guys and we go, yeah, that was kind of rough, right? Whether that's from, from Sean Ryan to Romeo Dobbs, we, we sort of plaster in place this is who they are with a slight little asterisk at the top that says, I mean, they could get better. And really, until we see them doing the best they can with a full understanding of what they're supposed to be doing, we're not going to get a full understanding of who the player is. And rookies don't have that full understanding. Now, that doesn't mean they're automatically going to get better. Maybe they're going to understand things and they're just not physically capable or mentally capable of doing a better job. And that's just kind of where they stall out. That happens a lot. But trying to guess whether Romeo Dobbs with very little understanding in a much more complex offense last year and comparing that to year two where he's had the entire offseason to train and to study and then to come back in and, and it's like all right i kind of know this stuff it's not ground zero like i know what we're doing here in fact this is his next answer here what was his uh, offseason like i made sure i trained that was the main priority was training so he also i think said he had a daughter recently which is pretty cool congrats to him but like he's been grinding learning this stuff and i mean again for any football fan it's common sense and it's it's second nature to know and and that's true of Jaden reed and musgrave and Kraft and and all the other rookies this year i mean just like Devonte wyatt you know how he was last year compared to say brooks this year but i mean that was that was the crux of it for romeo and, and again that was the the big thing that i i just need to keep reminding myself is all these unknowns are really unknowns and i don't know anything and I, I, I come out of this with, with these assumptions, even though I don't know. And, and it's fair to make some level of assumptions, you know, as far as uh, there are safer bets than others. But, you know, sometimes we discount or I discount the possibility of some of these guys actually making uh, real strides and becoming real good football players. You know, is it is it impossible Romeo Dobbs is a top 32 wide receiver? Is that impossible? No. But anyways, let's move on to Kenny Clark. Uh, first question right out of the gate. As a veteran, what do you think of the younger guys? Younger team. Oh, man, we just competing, man. Um, love the energy out there. Love, you know, love to see the guys just getting better each and every day. Um, just watching, you know, just watching everybody grow. Um, but, you know, for the most part, everybody's just, just competing, getting after it, and, um, and, you know, putting good stuff on tape. And it is about- I'll I'll be honest. I, uh... I know he makes some comments about uh, at least Wooden, I think. I don't know. Am I the only one that's getting confused between Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks? I don't know if that's just a me thing that happens all the time, but it's like, which one's which again? Who's that 300-pound guy? That's that's Brooks, right? And then Wooden is the, the, the not that guy. He's sort of the, the smaller guy that's getting bigger, something like that. And then Brooks was a really good pass rusher in college, and that's a, okay. <laughs> I just, I can't remember. Next question, what does it mean that for a voluntary OTA, just about everybody's there? I mean, it's, it's huge. You know, um, you know, the, the young guys are, are, are looking at us, you know, as leaders to, uh, you know, to, to help this team and um, to help them get better. And, you know, for them to see us, you know, doing it the right way. Um, you know, whether the right way? Well, I don't know. What does that mean? It's taking care of our bodies, um, you, know, you know, the tape. Um, you know, our practice happens and all, that, and all that kind of stuff. You know, they need to see that. So, um, 
you know, to, to have the vets here and uh, have them out, out doing all that stuff. And, um, you know, the, the young guys watching, you know, that's what we want. Does it need to be said? Probably not, but I'm going to say it. Listen, anybody that doesn't show up to OTAs isn't doing it because they don't see the benefits. They know that there's benefits. They know that it's important for themselves and the young guys and for the team and for all that stuff. Everybody knows it. If you're not showing up, it's because you just don't feel like it and you're making excuses. But if you are committed to the team and helping the team and growing with the team, again, Kenny Clark didn't mention anything about, I need to be here because I won't know how to play football if I don't show up to OTAs. I need to be here to be told these same, like, elementary school coaching points that I've been learning since forever. Like, I don't need to be here for this. All right, the stuff, that, the drills that they're running through, like, good Lord, I do this stuff in my sleep. The, the elementary school freaking uh, stuff we're going through on the blackboard is like, come on. He doesn't need to be here for himself, although it doesn't hurt. It's conditioning, it's practice, it's training. It's also building with the, the younger guys and, and making sure that, you know, you guys are all on the same page, which is a benefit to you. But the biggest benefit is to the team. If Kenny Clark gives a crap about the guy on his right and the guy on his left and making sure that they're up to their best so that you can be your best and so that the team can be at its best, you got to show up to OTAs. And just like you said, it's incumbent on us as leaders because that's what leaders do. It's hard to be a leader if you don't even show up. Just saying. Next question specifically, how is Wooden doing? Who's that? Oh yeah, Kobe. Yeah, uh, Kobe. Kobe's been he's been doing good. Um, you know, from from day one, he's been coming in and uh, he, he learned the playbook pretty fast. And uh, you know, he, he's having. A- I love that he put that in past tense. He learned the playbook. Not he's learning. He learned. I'm sure he doesn't have it memorized, but uh, I do. I do appreciate the phrasing there. Pretty good uh, OTA. So just gotta just you know stay on top of him, keep going, and uh, just you know keep doing what he's doing. He he keep getting better. Elaborating on that, what do uh, Brooks and Wooden bring to the party that maybe you didn't have? Man, uh, great athletes, you know, really explosive, you know, especially when they're playing fast. You know, the main goal is just to get them get them to see everything, um, get them to see formations uh, so they'd be able to, to, to really use their ability. Um, so, um, yeah, Kobe, KB, you know, those guys, been, they've, been, they've been doing a really good job. Um, you know, always asking questions, um, you know, even, you know, when, when we getting hard on them and, and pushing them, you know, they, they, they guys that, that stand after it and got the right mentality, and that's what you want. So I, I just love everything about this. I, I love the way Kenny is. I mean, Kenny's a quiet guy, but again, if, if you want to talk about leadership, he, he's describing all of it. First of all, being there, showing up, supporting them. But then beyond that, he's talking about being hard on them. Um, th- there's guys asking a lot of questions. It means you have to be um, approachable, number one. But second of all, you got to be willing and, and able to answer their questions, which obviously he is. But the point is, it's all about g- bringing these guys up. And the, the funny thing is, we've heard this before, uh, especially with defensive linemen, but pretty much everybody. And you know, Devontae Wyatt comes immediately to mind. We went out and got a bunch of guys that are really fast and explosive. We know that with Wyatt, and he mentioned that with, as he called them, KB and, and Colby. But um, the, the, the funny but also upsetting thing and why you, you should almost expect them to have a rough early part of their career is the thing that they're being trained on is the thing that's taking away their abilities, right? Your whole game is being real fast, real explosive, just, you know, at, at the gun, you take off. But then you get to Green Bay and they're like, no, 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 no. Look, 
you got to understand this. You got to read this. You got to watch this. You got so they get on the line and they're like, dude, and, and they're just thinking. There's no question if, if this was just pure penetration, the guys that we have, I mean, including Kenny probably, could just dominate. And that's what I think a lot of us want to see. But the reality is, you know, we struggle with things like run defense and you know gap soundness and everything else. And, and that's the area that they're trying to get these guys to understand a little bit better. And so, yeah, if, if we just lined up four guys and said, just go get them, you know, that's where I think you get Wyatt and Clark and, I don't know, Wooden or something, along with Rashawn and maybe... And, uh, uh, LVS, maybe Preston, I don't know. LVS, LVN. Lucas Van Ness is his name. And you just tell him on third and long to get after it, I think they'll do a pretty good job. But the the whole thing is, you know, these guys are Ferraris being put in a 25 mile an hour zone. But the good thing is you, you will see those flashes on occasion. That's what happened with Devontae Wyatt. You know, there's a lot of times where he's just lost out there. He's he's kind of just flailing wildly and everything. But occasionally, man, he, he just he's able to just explode and get after it. He makes the right read and, and allows his athleticism and his power and his strength to take over. And you watch him just throw somebody on their head and get after the quarterback. And it, it's just one of those jaw-hits-the-floor kind of moments. And so I, I think this is going to take probably a good amount of time. It generally does with defensive tackles, which I think is what we're characterizing Brooks and Wooden as. But hopefully we get some contributions from them, maybe a step from Ford, hopefully a big step from Wyatt, and uh, get this thing roaring. Because, again, I, I mean, the run defense is a problem. It's been a problem seemingly my entire life. I don't know. But I think a lot of us would be happy if we just knew that we had a, a really solid pass rushing front. I'd be willing to give up a couple extra runs if we just dominated on passing. Because, look, it's a passing league, man. And that, it might struggle against the Bears with Justin Fields being as mobile as he is and them just not being much of a passing team anyways. But you go up against the Minnesota Vikings, you turn them into a run-first run offense because passing ain't working. I think we got that one in the bag. Potentially the Lions, too. We'll have to see what their brand-new flashy running backs can do. Skipped a couple questions, but uh, next one is, you know, to Kenny, do you think you and David Bakhtiari are now the leaders of the offense and the defense? David are now the leaders of this team on offense and defense? Yeah, um, yeah, for the most part, yeah, me and Dave, um, you know, two two older guys, uh, guys that have really been here the longest, and, um, you know, just our, uh, you know, the work that we put in and uh, you know, our track record, really, you know, and, you know, everything that we didn't give to this team, you know, definitely. So, again, I, I don't know exactly what that means or what they view their role is in this offense. I, I like the way uh, <laughs> I paused it at a point where Kenny Clark is glaring at me in the most terrifying way ever. He's looking directly into the camera. Oh, my goodness, that's horrifying. Um, anyways, the heck was I saying now? I, I don't know exactly what that means. I, I do know the way that he elaborated it in, in terms of, like, look, just the way I prepare and all that. That's, that was Roger's old line. I, I don't really buy it. But, um, you know, I, I guess if you're there and you're available and you're you're coaching guys up and you're trying to do your best, not just for yourself, but, again, this is not golf. This is a team sport. It, it doesn't matter how good you are. It matters how good everybody is. So, um that should be the focus, especially for guys that are self-proclaimed leaders. But, um, you know, I, I do wonder the dynamic of the locker room, how much of it is going to be young guys leaning on Kenny and uh, Bakhtiari and how much of it is leaning on each other and trying to embrace this sort of uh, young cultural shift that's taking place. Anyways, that's mostly it for Kenny Clark. Uh, he did talk about... Um, more questions about the young guys, actually. They really didn't even talk about Kenny for the most part. But just asking if they understand like the importance and the opportunity and 
you said, yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to have to have this year a lot of young guys step up, so they, they need to understand the seriousness of, of all this. So I like the way Kenny carries himself, you know. He just seems to have a right understanding of things. He's, he's a quiet guy. I don't think he's a, a super vocal guy. I don't think. But he seems to just do things the right way, have the right attitude, and, and I think that that's a good thing. Maybe not necessarily from a... I don't want to get hung up on this leader thing, but not necessarily from a leadership standpoint in terms of, you know, being all rah-rah or everything, but but at least orienting things the right way, right? Making sure that the focus is on the right things, right? You got to you gotta get the details right. You got to get your form right. You got to get your mind focused on bigger things, on, on you know, your responsibilities and the input. Just, I mean, just general things that veterans know, and that's one of the negatives of not having a lot of veterans, but I don't think you need more than... I don't know how many you need to to explain things to you, but just understanding what it means to be a football player, to be a professional football player, and where your mind needs to be, and where you know the the habits that you need to have, and all those kinds of things. I think it's good. So the the young guys are are a group of young, hungry people, but it's just a lot of energy. And I think guys like Bakhtiari and guys like Kenny can direct that energy in the right way. That's the best way I can think to say it. So speaking of is Bakhtiari, and and I really don't mean for this to be necessarily negative, but I just want to point out the differences you know the, the i mean veterans are important but i think that this this young energy is also important but it's just just the orientation of david bakhtiari right how he answers this question and i wouldn't expect it to be different from anybody else that's been playing for as long as he has and and essentially what his answer you know i don't even i couldn't even hear the question necessarily but something to the effect of like what what's changed or i don't know and, and his answer is just like i don't know same old stuff man another day another year another ota like whatever that's what i mean when i say that the um the magic is kind of gone in a way you know i'm sure there's there's it, it's never going to fully go away you know stepping on the field in lambo i mean there there's magic to it but that's that's the whole thing with like rogers and and brett Favre and and the, a lot of these guys like they they want the roaring crowds all the other stuff like, i just don't feel like doing it anymore you know now he's there again I, I don't mean to say that he's not i'm just saying it's a different mindset for the younger guys it's like Dude, this is huge. Like, this is my whole life. I'm consumed. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to... Da, 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 da. It's about proving people and, and showing everybody what I can do and becoming this thing. And for Bakhtiari, he's been that dude for a long time. He's on the tail end of his career. For him, it's like, yeah, another day. And he probably feels less optimistic about this year than he has in the past. Probably doesn't feel as though they're going to the Super Bowl like he has when he had Aaron Rodgers there. Whether he's right or wrong doesn't matter. He's looking at it with less optimism. And so, you know, th there's just a difference. I, I don't, I'm not in the, we should get rid of David Bakhtiari camp. That's not me. Although, you know, I mean, obviously that would depend on his attitude. I don't think he's taking it too far or anything. It's just, I just think this is sort of the natural progression of where he's at. He's still a good football player. I want him here. I want his veterancy. But I don't want the younger players to adopt that attitude. That would be my only thing. Anyways, here is the, I guess, kind of question and the answer. Same thing. I mean, you guys does it look that much different than y'all. Same thing. So, OTAs, year eleven. Be, uh, I mean, that's really all I thought. Huh? That's it. Uh yeah. You know, same thing. OTAs, you guys, same guys. You know, good to see you guys. And he's nodding to some of the veteran players walking by, like, "Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Another day in the office, man." And again, it makes perfect sense. But it's still not necessarily a good thing.
So I want that to be isolated to the veterans. And, and again, Kenny doesn't carry himself that way, even if he feels that way. And I think there is a distinction there. Although it, it does make sense to feel that way, I don't think it's the best thing to go walking around the club with that attitude. The sort of this, like, too cool for school attitude, you know? It's like me in school, and I was like, dude, I don't study. Studying's for losers. Freaking dumb. I don't even care, man. What, do you try in school? Freaking, freaking nerd. <laughs> Can't believe you try, man. So... I'm just saying, if it's up to me, I would rather the football players come in energized. And if you have this sort of ho-hum attitude, just kind of keep it to yourself, you know? We don't need this, like, dude, I've been here, whatever, it's what is stupid, man. I get it, but I don't want to hear it. And I don't want that getting passed on to the younger players that, like, dude, this don't even worry about it, man. It's freaking OTAs, nobody cares. No, 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 no. I don't want, I want people getting freaking psyched out. Like, I'm here to work, I'm working. You get it? Uh, next question, um, have you, I think it was Rob Domofsky, have you ever had this much carryover? Which I thought was an interesting question because I, I feel like there must have been, in my mind there were stretches where it was just the same guys over and over, but maybe there was like one that kept changing or something, I don't know. But I did like the answer partially because I'm surprised to hear that uh, it's it's more stable than usual, um, but also how he kind of elaborates on it. Yeah, uh, we did in 2014. I believe, uh, in between the 2013 to 2015 stretch, uh, we did, and uh, it's good, it's great. You got a, a bunch of guys, uh, no, not too many new faces, so we can really uh, kind of get going a little more complex stuff and really uh, start establishing ourselves early. Uh, I think we that's something that's going to be big for us this year, uh, setting up as an entire unit, and each one's got to fill their role and, where, and pick up where we need to pick up. So, you know, it, it, again, in my mind, all the fluctuation was more of a negative and, and an unusual situation, especially with the young guys. But to hear that this is one of the more, I guess, I don't want to say veteran because we've had a lot of longstanding veterans on these Packers offensive lines, but just in terms of, um, you know, multiple years now with basically the same guys. I mean, Zach Tom is, is definitely a wild card in this whole thing. I think he'll end up being the right tackle, which is fantastic, I think, for the team. But, you know, Zach Tom didn't have a lot of time anywhere. Uh, he was out for a lot of the year, and then when he was in, he was all over the place. I mean, he played, I think, everywhere but center. So he'll he'll need a little bit of time, and, and it'll be good for him to, to be able to establish himself there. But the point is, at all the other positions, and we'll see how they shake out. There might be some changes, but it sounds like it's going to be Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, and Zach Tom would be my assumption. I, I like that uh, Bakhtiari is, is talking about starting to get into more complicated things and starting to grow together more as a unit, because all that means is improvement. Vanilla is nice, but the, the more you can add, the, the more complex you can be, the, the more dangerous you can become. And uh, when you guys can really start adding stuff to your repertoire, being more in sync on assignments... I mean, the, the talent's there for, for these guys, you know, some some much more than others, but there's plenty enough talent, as much as we can look at and say, you know, we could probably do better than Josh Myers, you know, certainly could do better than Runyon, at, at least as far as run defense goes. Uh, Zach Tom, we'll see what, what he ends up becoming, but even still, you take that, that front five and you put them at, at their best, that's a good group. I mean, if nothing else, the pass blocking is going to be just freaking dynamite, which is the key, right? I mean, Aaron Jones and, and uh, A.J. Dillon can handle themselves in some pretty tenuous situations. I think they have been, you know, especially with Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins out as much as they have been. I mean, our offensive lines have been pretty shaky, um, so, so they can handle it 
without having an elite road grading offensive line. But if we can if we can block as well or better than we have as far as run blocking, and then just really ramp up the pass blocking for Jordan, that's exciting. So 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 at this point, it's just about health. It's about getting those guys in line together, working together as much as possible, talking to each other as much as possible, uh, learning to communicate and be on the same page, and then just do anything you can to stay healthy throughout the season. So I'm pretty jacked up, man. I, I think it's we've had good offensive lines for a very long time now. Again, especially in pass blocking. I mean, all through McCarthy's era, it was it was terrible run blocking and elite pass blocking, and that's mostly carried over as much as I think Matt would love to change that up a little bit and as, as drafted accordingly. I think Elton's a solid run blocker. Uh, David Bakhtiari became a solid run blocker like the second Matt LaFleur showed up because he's I think he's just an elite talent and and you're going to get back what you put into them. And, and when they started drilling run run blocking, he's like, all right, yeah, I'm really good at this now. But I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm just, I just hope that they can stay healthy because I just want to watch these guys go out and play football. As weird as it sounds to say, I can't wait to watch our offensive line. I really did enjoy watching the offensive line last year when we kind of went through and um, kind of went through the all 22s. And, and I put together some videos I know for you guys at different times. I think I was putting them on the sub stack or something. I'm not sure. But just being able to to watch it and say, okay, you can clearly see what they're trying to do and who did what and who didn't, and just it was uh, it really was fun to watch. Then Bakhtiari was asked about his rebuilding comments because obviously that's a big uh, it's a big thing rebuilding. Obviously, I've spent a lot of time making very clear my position on the rebuilding thing. So um, Bakhtiari wanted to, I guess, sort of uh, clarify it given the and i don't think he ever expected that to be taken uh, as as far as it was i think he kind of just saw it as a given right everybody knows this fact and then everybody freaked out and he's like okay let's so here is how he explained him his comments yeah i mean we got a job and and the yeah by the way was was that uh is it mostly semantics at, at this point is i think what the question was like we got a job to win i know uh, everyone would love to take the words that I said, but I mean, it's to me, flat out how I look at it, it's disrespectful to say you're not rebuilding off a Hall of Fame quarterback. It was disrespectful to say you weren't rebuilding off of Brett Favre. And Aaron. No one knew who Aaron was and what he was going to be, so I'm not going to sit here and uh, like pull back those words because that, that, that is when you look at how it's been built and how we were chasing after it and uh, the cap, there's a bunch of situations that can definitely allude to it. We have a young team, like, but now with that, people go to the word rebuild on an extreme level, or you look at what it is. The beauty is, I have no clue. And that's the beauty of it. That's what football is. We're all batting a thousand come the first game of the year, and we'll figure it out. I mean, I think the Seahawks rebuild off of Russell. Look how that turned out. I can also give you the other side of the coin, but I don't really know off the top of my head, but that's, that's how I look at it, and it's a simple way to put it, and we can splice it, cut it, make it look like who wants to be the hero or the villain on that word, but that's really what I mean. So however y'all want to go with it, Bob, you can take it in which way you want. I'm cool with it. <laughs> He's been picking on Rob Demosky the whole time, which I appreciate because I don't... Well, never mind. Um, again, I, I don't think that there's a real big difference between people who say we're rebuilding and people who say we don't in terms of actually seeing things for what they are. When he explains what he means by rebuilding, again, my position is, okay, what you're describing is not rebuilding, but either way we kind of see eye to eye on things right it's it's a it's a different team with a new i mean it's it's a big change so you're you're looking at a different team i mean every team is different every single year but that's kind of the point being different doesn't mean you are rebuilding doesn't even mean that you are rebuilt it's a natural 
thing. The, the, the only difference is it's a big change, at least in terms of, of in name. You know, again, Rodgers was not anywhere near an MVP quarterback last year. And, and he largely said it was out of respect. And again, he's, he's a very, very close friend of Aaron Rodgers. And so that's going to be his position. He's going to stand by Rodgers no matter what. And so it's, it's one of those things, it's the least he could do to acknowledge that this is a major shift. And even if it has some negative connotation, he's completely fine with that. Because I think he looks at it the way a lot of people look at it. You, you should view this negatively when Rodgers leaves. But again, his whole thing is that doesn't mean that we're going to be a bad football team. He didn't mean to imply that. Pointed out Seattle. They got better after Russell left. He's just saying that it's, it's a big change and it's a, it's a young team. Which, duh. And again, my, my only stance on that is that that's the wrong word. And the reason why I stand on that so much is because if you get into arguments with Bears fans, Vikings fans, whatever, what are they going to say? Even Bakhtiari says you're rebuilding as evidence that even the players on the team think you're going to be bad. So if you don't think that, then don't say words that have that connotation. It's the same with the the comments that Matt LaFleur made about temper expectations. I think most of us know what that meant. We heard Aaron Rodgers talk about that last year all the time with the rookie wide receivers. And he was saying that preventing himself from gushing too much about the receivers. He did that early on and he said, I need to pull back because I don't want to put that level of pressure on him. So I'm lo- we're going to lower expectations for these guys because we shouldn't be expecting all this from him. It puts too much pressure on him. That's all Matt LaFleur was doing. But those comments carry a lot of weight and that can have negative impacts on, on guys, including Jordan Love. Now I'm, I'm, hoping that they had a conversation or he at least understands what he was trying to say or any of that kind of stuff because you know i mean it 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 might be somewhat problematic and again it's not hard to figure out that matt lafleur didn't mean it in the way that people who want to tear down the packers including a lot of packer fans and of course everybody that's a non-packer fan they want to phrase it a certain negative way look at the fact that gutekunst refuses to say that he will not say that he's flat out denied that that's his stance on things and even Matt LaFleur, I think, has kind of walked that back to some degree, pointing out clearly that while, you know, you know, Gutekunst's whole thing is we, we just, we got to see the guy play. That's it, right? But anyways, that's the reason why I, I, I don't like using those kinds of words, because it carries a lot of very negative connotations, especially when you put ING at the end, as opposed to saying rebuilt. Rebuilding is a process in which you're heading in the wrong direction. You're tearing things down and then trying to bring back core pieces. We have all our core pieces. There isn't a single thing we're looking at saying, we need to replace this desperately. That's not true of quarterback. It may be true. We have to see what he can do. It's not true of wide receiver. It's not true of tight end. It's not true of our offensive line. It's not true of our running backs. It's not true of our defensive line. It's not true of our edge rushers. It's not true of our corners. It's not true of our linebackers. The only area where that would be true is safety, and who gives a crap? So semantics, fine. But as someone who's in the trenches having to have David Bakhtiari's comments thrown in my face constantly and then trying to explain what he say, what he means is actually this and then having everyone laugh and saying, well, you're just in denial, you don't understand, is annoying because the guy refuses to just say the right words because he wants to be respectful to Aaron Rodgers. Anyways, uh, we're getting kind of long here. Why don't we just take a quick break? We'll come back and finish up Bakhtiari and see how many more we can get through. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built 
for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome back. Um, I want to play this because it's a little strange. It's immediately after, and I think it's Rob. I'm not sure. He follows up and basically says, you know, did, did anybody in the building, maybe you can hear it, maybe you can't, so I'll, I'll try to paraphrase it, but did anybody in the building kind of tell you to walk back those comments or or to not say that kind of stuff because it might give the wrong impression to the to the young guys or whatever. You, even though what you said is technically true, did anyone from the Technically? Well... Are you, are you covering yourself? No, no, no. I mean, I, I don't think I said anything that's a lie. No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. But you, even with the truth you can find in what you said, did anyone yeah. from the building say, you know what, maybe you don't even float that out there, you're the leader in here, the young guys might get a wrong impression? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to answer the question because I think that's unfair, but uh, I'll leave that where it is. Okay. So he asked specifically, did anybody in the building tell you not to say that because you're a leader and you're going to give the wrong impression to the young guys in here? And his answer was, I'm not going to answer that. I don't know what it's not fair means, but I'm trying to think of a scenario in which that didn't happen. And his answer would be, I'm not going to answer that. You get what I'm saying? In other words, it's pretty clear to me that somebody did approach him and tell him that he shouldn't be saying stuff like that. And again, that, that just goes to what I'm talking about, right? I, I think Bakhtiari has kind of bought into this, like, bro atmosphere. And a lot of that has been brought on by guys that are retired, like Pat McAfee, like the guy that drives around in a school bus, or I think he gets towed, but whatever, they sit in a school bus. You know, there's sort of this, like, we've been around, like, we're, we're, we're bros, and we kind of do... Dude, you're, you're not a retired ex-football player. You are a current football player. You are a leader in this locker room. You are a representative of this of this team. And I just feel like he got swept up in that him and Rodgers and all that in this sort of like, I'm bigger than football mentality. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe not I'm bigger than football, but like, I'm just, I'm above this. I'm not buying into all this BS. Like, I, I know about all that. Like, I'm, I'm beyond it. And it, it just, it, honestly, it feels like an immature attitude. The, the difference between Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari, honestly, is night and day to me. Kenny says the right things. He carries himself the right way. He's very short answers. He doesn't have this smirk on his face all the time like Bakhtiari does. He's all business. And it's about guys need to be doing the right things. They need to be getting it. It, 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 no, it doesn't mean anything to him that somebody's young and somebody's a veteran. There, there are differences in that, but it's, it's about you know getting you focused right and getting you focused on the right things. I don't get that from Bakhtiari at all. He's got this sort of like goofball, like immature... I don't care, too cool for school, you know, sitting at the cool kids table kind of attitude. 
and and I I do agree with the sentiment that that will have a negative impact on the locker room. I the fact that I have to say I hope that he doesn't rub off on our younger players is not something I want to have to say about one of the best players on our entire team, maybe our best player on the entire team. Bakhtiari might not only be one of the better veterans, he's just the best flat out player period. And he seems like a great dude and he's a great football player. All that stuff. But I don't like any of this. It just Again, I, the only examples I can think of are like going to school. And I remember when I was real young, probably I think it was like second grade or something. I went over to a friend's house. I think his name was, I think his name was Steve Adams. Actually, it just it just popped into my head. I could not remember that guy's name. Anyways, I went over to his house because we were going to do homework together. Right. So that was his mom. I think called my parents or something, or he called. I have no idea. Back when we all had those wall phones, and somebody got my number. I don't. It was probably in like a directory or something. We always had these like school directories and stuff. I don't know what still is a thing and what isn't, so I'm probably over-explaining stuff. But anyways, I go over there like an idiot, and I've got my school books. And he had no intention of doing school. <laughs> you know, it's just, I remember he wanted to make, uh, like, pizza bites, and then was like, dude, let's crush some pizza bites and, like, go play outside. And I was like, oh, I thought we were, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, dude, chill out. Who cares? It's just, just school, dude. Who cares? Bad influence is what you call these kids. And I'm not saying he's going to take the young guys out smoking crack, you know, but it really, it, it, the locker room has been cancerous for a long time. It really has. And I, I think the, the veterans have had a very laissez-faire attitude that has dominated the locker room. And I think Bakhtiari is sort of the last remnant of that. And again, I just don't want that attitude permeating. I don't want it to spread to Elton Jenkins, to Zach Tom, to the rest of the guys. And I, I, I guess just to kind of follow up on that, I'm just going to let this play through, but again, this is a a mentality. The question is, David, this is voluntary as a question. So I don't know why that was a question, but he was asking if this is voluntary, I guess. It's 100% voluntary. For the the NFLPA and the CBA, this is 100% voluntary for everyone in here, and bonuses can decide to either collect or not collect. And that is exactly where it's at. And if you do decide to come work for the day, they know how much you're making on the day. They should know what they're making also post-tax, but yeah. So why did you choose to be? I have a bonus. And I <laughs> uh, sure, like all of you, why did you show up to work? You guys have work to do. This, this is how we structured my deal. And even though it's voluntary, we essentially made it mandatory. So uh, I'm allowed to miss five days, and I intend on missing all five because that is my 100% attendance is the everyday minus five days so that is exactly where i'm at and that's the beauty of of this but i'm i, I honestly i'm having a great time when i am back uh, having fun good conversations when i'm out in the field um with anyone uh kind of we understand the expectation understand where it's at and it's it's been kind of cool I, I i've even kind of said it's uh i joke seeing uh miles white and he was a uh, he came in when i was a, a rookie too we were rookies together um basically i'm a I'm a glorified coach that just sweats a lot. That's essentially what I do out in the football field. Physically, are you? So I think all of that is garbage, just from start to finish. First of all, the, the entire conversation is about, and again, this is the same with Rodgers. It, it's a business. They, they, they treat themselves as like a private enterprise in a business. Everything is about what is required, the CBA, you know, being, being in cahoots and, and working close with the union what is required, what isn't. Talks about you should know how much money you're making, you should know how much you're making post-tax. And then goes on to say the only reason he's here is because of the bonus money, and he even says it's basically mandatory, which again, the idea that it's not a big deal is garbage. The fact that teams deliberately 
will structure deals to make sure that you have to show up. Not because it's, I mean, that's an easy thing to give up if they're not beneficial having these guys here. And he flat out said, I don't want to, he said, I'm having fun, but I don't want to be here. I wouldn't be here if they didn't essentially force me to be here by structuring my bonus. So I'm making money being here and wouldn't if I didn't show up. So in my case, it's not, it's not voluntary. And then goes on to say, they're allowing me five days to not be here. And I will not be here all five days. I'm going to miss exactly five days. And no, that's not like vacation time. These guys don't work anywhere near what, what people do on a normal 40-hour... Oh, do, oh do, don't you take your vacation time? Dude, he's been on vacation for months. He has like, like a week of practice. He, he, they, they, they're on the field, what, three days a week? And they do that for three weeks? And then they're back on vacation? Don't even start with me. And again, what, what, about, what, what is one thing that has come out of his mouth that just screams leader? This guy is a bad influence. He just is. He wants the young guys to, to not focus on the team, not focus on winning, none of that stuff. He wants them to make sure that they're focused on their money, make sure they're managing that right, making sure they're getting every penny that they're owed, making sure, you know, it's, it's us versus the big versus the man and all that kind of mentality stuff. Get in with the union and make sure that you're fighting the good fight. And it's, it's, you, you, first of all, you shouldn't have an us versus them mentality in a team sport. If it's you versus your team, that's kind of problematic, don't you think? But, you know, show up and do bare minimum. I mean, jeez. I'd almost rather him just not be there. If his whole message to them is, is you know, focus on the money and be here as little as, as you need to be. It's just, that's such a terrible... And he, and he says it just jokingly. Like, he's just going to sit there and laugh about it. You know he's talking to the players about it. I don't want that. So, again, this is... We, we can call him a leader because he's old. But this, this is the opposite. I mean, this is not... This is the exact opposite of everything we're excited about with these young guys. I don't like anything about this. But anyways, here's a little bit of an update on, on how he's doing physically. I've, this is comparatively, I have finally not had a surgery for the first time in the last two or three off seasons. The, I had four surgeries in 20 months. That sucked. So uh, finally to have a breath of fresh air, I get to have an off season to train, to get away, to finally relax and not freak out my body. Be a dad has been amazing and it just, I mean, mine, spiritually, mentally, physically, I just feel very light. And that's been uh, very pleasing. And I'm enjoying that. And hopefully I can reap benefits from that. With love, the best. I, I, I can't wait for Bakhtiari to fill that spot that Aaron Rodgers had on the uh, Pat McAfee show. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Rodgers will still be on there, but it just feels like word for word I'm, I'm just feeling Aaron Rodgers speak through Bakhtiari. I mean, they, these two were close. I don't think I re realized how close. And so then the question came up, what can you do to, to help the young guys? You're one of the few veterans left. Be young and hip. You know, keep married to the streets. Understand what, <laughs> what these kids are saying. Drop in Fortnite. You know, go tilt the towers with, with the bros. Try and get a dub. Uh, making sure I know what loadout I'm on in Call of Duty. Uh, what other game are they playing? Um, I don't know. I got to talk to Christian Watson on his... Uh, which I mean, AJ's, you know, he's he's Mr. Social Media, so I can talk to those guys, kind of get, keep my energy. No, but I mean, being hip, being fun, you know, trying, I've always tried not to be like a stale dude. Um, I've always be a ball of energy when I come into work. Uh, and I mean, just whatever the team really needs for me to be. Uh, they want me to yell and scream at them, I yell and scream. They want me to shut the up. I don't, I just want to win. I mean, I've been around the block enough times, and I want to win. That's kind of a simple way to put it and I know in order for us to win we got young guys that need to know how to play football 
but I know there's also a benefit of having young guys, and there's a good attributes. Hey, Wales, how you doing, buddy? David, we know you. So, I mean, I guess that's a good answer. <laughs> it's, I, I guess it's it. It seems like he understands. You know, I mean, he he's in the right spot. He he just is from a different school right now that I I, I don't think he realizes. He said, I mean, he says. He wants to do whatever the team wants to make sure that that everybody's in the right spot. I think he believes that. I don't think he recognizes how big of an impact he could have compared to how big of an impact he does have. And, you know, we can play this game where it's like, well, you don't know what he's saying behind the... If he's willing to say this to the media, you think, what, it's like that... I just watched that scene from The Office where they had the, uh, the job fair and Michael was talking about Pam and was just being horrible about how she's like the office mattress and all this stuff, and she got up and walked out, and then he, he waves the kid over and is like, come here. He's like, Pam is a wonderful person, and uh, or I would never say this to her face, but Pam is a wonderful person and a gifted artist. <laughs> and Oscar's like, why would you not say that to his face? The, the point is, it doesn't make any sense to say the bad stuff out loud, like jokingly to the media, and then behind scenes it's like, all right, guys, listen, now that they're gone, we're going to get serious. You know that's not the situation. You know, I mean, it, honestly... It, it, Another school example is, is I mentioned how I, I joined the finance association at uh, Whitewater when I was uh, planning to be a finance major. And we were going on this trip to, you know, I mean, you show up in a suit and tie and it's all formal. It's all serious. I did go to a finance party one time, but I think that was after the fact. But anyways, like it, it, it seemed all serious. And so I was like, oh, this is really serious. Like we got to come in here. And, do, do, do. and then they, they were taking a trip to Canada, Windsor, Canada. So it was I, relatively cheap. I paid the hundred bucks or 200, however much it cost. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what this has to do with finance, but okay, I'm, I'm doing this. Like, I'm a part of this crew. Like, this is my crew. And they come in like double fist and 30 packs one after another. And I'm like, uh, what? And basically, after like, I, I wasn't even legal age to drink after, I don't know, 20 minutes on the, bu- on the bus, some dude comes over with a beer and he's like, dude, we got way too much beer. You better get started. And that was it. Like, it, it went from in my mind, like, I'm super serious. I'm super motivated. And I'm, I'm not blaming these guys for ruining my entire college career. I would have done that anyways at some point. But the point is, I, I, was ex- I was at one point, and people I went to college with would be probably just say I'm full of it. I was very serious about really being successful in my life. Like, I was going to get a finance degree. I was going to do great things. It was going to be all this wonderful, amazing stuff. But a lot of people there didn't really have that mentality. And had I had been in a group of people that were super serious and all this stuff and everybody in my dorm and everything, I probably would have gone down that path. Maybe. I don't know. I was more or less the bad influence of my group. I'm not blaming anybody in my dorm. I was probably the worst of anyone. But I'm just saying, like, I I had good intentions. But when you get in there and people are just more relaxed and like a dude, freaking chill. Have a beer, man. You're all uptight and being crazy. Like, oh, are you working again? Dobbs, you you coming out with us tonight or you got to go to the jugs machine again? Freaking, don't worry, man. Media's not out there. They're not going to catch you this time. Nobody's going to be tweeting about how hard you work. You might as well come out with us. You know what I mean? Like that stuff will eventually wear you down where you just kind of become complacent. It's, it's true in every work environment. If you show up and everybody's hyper-focused and they're working hard and everything else, you, you, you have to come up to that expectation. If you show up and people got their feet on their desk watching YouTube, you might start off being hardworking, but you're slowly going to sink into your chair and slowly become part of that environment. So the point is, what kind of an environment are they, is David Bakhtiari creating in that locker room? Is it an environment of people who are highly motivated and working hard? Or is it an environment of like, dude, just chill? Anyways, that's about it for him. He did talk a little bit about Jordan, didn't really say a bunch. He did have to throw in a comment about he is the starting quarterback until they say he's not anymore. Like, 
okay, whatever. But uh, nothing super insightful there. I don't know. It, it just kind of irks me a little bit because I'm so excited about this new energy. I'm excited about the way Dobbs carries himself and Watson and uh, you know, you read all the articles about Jordan Love and the stuff that he did, and he'd go pick guys up and be like, hey, we're going out and we're working on the field. We're doing all the... It's like I'm excited for that to come here. And Bakhtiari's got that attitude. It's like, dude, just don't talk. Just be awesome. Don't teach the kids anything, please. I know you got that, like, I'm going to take them under my way. I'm going to teach them everything. Don't teach them anything you know. Please don't teach them anything. Please. All right, let's squeeze Watson in here, and I think that's all we're going to get through. Uh, first question, kind of an odd one. Something to the effect of why are you ready to break through and have a big year or something? I don't know. Anyways, here's his answer. Well, I mean, I think for me, it's, it's really just you know taking a taking you know a, a, a big step you know each and every year. Uh, I think I feel like that's a big thing in my game, just learning from what I did last year and, and trying to take that you know next step um, and just growing from what I did last year. And I think if I can grow in in a couple of ways from the things I was doing last year, um, you know, I think that you know I can make some uh, significant impact. Um, and you just go out there and, and you know ball out even more than I did last year. You know I think it, uh, you know it'll speak for itself. Unfortunately, what I learned from Bears fans is that he's over the hill. Um, he is 24 years old now, I believe, and there's just nothing we can do. I mean, there's no more growth um, when you get super old like Christian Watson and you're 24. It's just you're done. You start your joints start to go and your mind is starting to go alzheimer starts to set in or that you know that old age dementia type stuff just starts to hit you and you just can't play anymore so there is no more growth for christian watson he has he peaked last year at 23 years old and i don't know that's uh that's what i'm being told by uh bears fans next question was more or less how did you feel about last year um, I, I feel like it was it was it was good for the most part, but I mean for me, I think the biggest thing is is, is consistency, uh, you know, health wise and and you know uh, the physical part of the game as well. Just being able to um, you know just be out there um, and you know get those reps, get that uh, consistency of you know just doing it over and over and over again. Um, you know, I think would have helped me a lot as a rookie. I feel like that was kind of uh, a little bit of you know part of the reason why it was maybe a slow start at first. Um, just you know not getting that you know. You know, at the end of the day, you know, playing football is the only way to get better at, at, at football. So, uh, just, you know, once I was able to get out there, uh, you know, it was only up from there. And you come in. That, that's such a great point for – I mean, so many Packer fans right now are just screaming, yes, thank you, because that is one of the biggest complaints we all have is all these guys that are just brimming with talent getting no time on the field ever. Right? Christian and Watson and Romeo Dobbs were hidden because of some really not great football players. And once they got pushed to the forefront, they shined, right? The first time Romeo did, he had his, like, eight reception game or whatever. Well, like The first time he got pushed to the forefront, he was great. And look how long it took for Watson to get on the field in a prominent role, and look what happened once he finally did. And, and essentially what he's saying is it's not even so much that, you know, we're better so we should be playing, but put the guys out there, let them sink or swim, but let them go out there because that's how they're going to grow. I mean, let's just say that it's going to take X amount of reps for these guys to reach their peak. How long do you want it to be for them to reach their peak? If it's going to take 100 snaps, if it's going to take 1,000 snaps, makes a big difference if they're playing 10 snaps compared to, you know, 30 or 40 snaps a game. And so, you know, you think Christian Watson, you think Romeo Dobbs, you think Devontae Wyatt, you think Zach Tom, Josiah DeGuara. I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to say he's going to be an elite football player, but he has been 
so far down the depth chart for so long and i swear every time he's on the field he's at the very least he's significantly better i thought than tunyon was at least this last year i mean obviously as a receiver he's better than mercedes lewis it just seemed like when he got out there he was doing a good job and he never got opportunities and that's been that way that whole time he's been here not even including losing an entire year i think his rookie year to injury and so um you know i mean he he sounds watson honestly sounds frustrated you know it's like what do you what do you want from me you brought me in here you want me to go out there and shine but you don't give me opportunities and he said the, re- the reason it took so long for me to kind of figure things out and get to where i needed to be is because they weren't giving me opportunities you're throwing five snaps ten snaps at me in a game yeah it's gonna take me a while to figure this thing out you know next question where are you at with your energy and enthusiasm Oh, I'm at the I'm at the top right now. I, I'm 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 trying to keep the uh, momentum going from last year, um, and you know everything that I you know I did in the off season uh, is continuing to build on everything, uh, and you know start out strong uh, this season. And and again, th- this is sort of that young guy energy. Nobody knows his name, I, you know, metaphorically speaking. Obviously, most football fans know who Christian Watson is, but his name is not put up there with any of the top receivers. He hasn't made a name for himself in football. He hasn't done anything. He certainly hasn't done enough to earn any big contracts or make any big money. His motivation is massive, and his focus is singular. His, his focus is on being an NFL superstar. Now, when he turns 32, 33, 34, whatever, and he's got another year or two left in the tank, is he going to have a, a similar type of jaded attitude? Yeah, probably, or whatever, but this is the attitude I want. This is all I've been thinking about. This is what I've been training for to be great, for me to be great, for the team to be great, for us to show everybody, for me to show everybody. I want to dominate. That's his focus. Next question. Again, uh, just just notice the difference in the way the questions are answered and, and framed and everything else. The, the question was, everybody on the outside seems to be doubting you guys. Because Rodgers left, you know, it's going to be a down year. What do you think about that? What is your mentality on that? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely feel like it's, um, you know, it's, it's the crush that everyone wants to lean on outside of the facility, you know, not, not knowing what's going on in here. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to say that, you know, they lost, you know, Aaron, it's going to be, you know, a down year or whatever. Uh, and I feel like that's just the easy route to take. But, I mean, that's, that's none of our mentality in here. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're never trying to, you know, think of it as, you know, a rebuild or whatever people want to, you know, say it is. Uh, and we're, you know, our goal each and every year is to, you know, win the North and, and you know, make the playoffs and, and win a Super Bowl. So regardless of, uh, you know, who's leaving and, who, and who's coming in, I, I'm, that's our number one goal. And I think that we're attacking every single day with that mentality as well. What gives you- I mean, could it be any more in your face? I mean, the fact that these guys have lockers close to each other. And, he, and he's basically saying the people who are saying rebuild, it's nonsense. And that's not our mentality in here. It's not our mentality in this locker room. We don't think that way. We don't operate that way. We don't think about this as a rebuild. That's a crutch that some people lean on, but not us. Because we're putting in the work. We know what we have here, all that stuff. Do you, do you get it? I mean, in a sense, and I'm sure if you asked him directly, he wouldn't say this, because again, these guys are never going to talk bad about each other. But in a sense, do, do you get the impression that David Bakhtiari is a part of their like little inner working, their little inner circle? This offensive group with, with Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs and the skill guys, do you get that impression? Because there seems to be a way of thinking among this group, and, and the way of thinking is the way that I want the team to think. We're here to dominate, and that's what we expect to do. That's what Brian Gutekunst says. That's what, that's what Matt LaFleur says. We have an expectation here. 
We are not rebuilding. We have an expectation of winning the North just like we do every year, and that's exactly what we're going to do. And people out there don't know what's going on in here. That's the attitude I want, even if it's not necessarily the truth. Lie about it, because it's about the mentality that is being fostered, the, the environment, the, the energy, all that stuff that's being fostered in the locker room. That's what matters. It's, it's, it's essentially, I mean, what, what he's saying is we don't tolerate that kind of talk in here. That's not our focus. Good. Keep that energy. And I'll just end it, again, it's the same thing, but I'll end it with this final question, final comments, which is what gives you that confidence that you guys can do that? I don't know, I mean, just, just the work, the, the preparation. Um, you know, I think that we've, uh, you know, connected uh, as a team throughout these, you know, couple, you know, this, this month or two, these couple of weeks that we've been going so far. And, and I, you know, I think that we're on the incline right now. Um, and we're just going to continue to build on that stuff. And we know the, you know, the, the talent that we have, the players that we have, uh, that, you know, we have the ability to make plays and, and uh, play well. So, you know, that's just the mentality we have with the guys that we got. All right. So, number one, OTAs matter. And number two, again, there's been a lot of bonding that's been happening. Again, thank you, OTAs. Um, and a lot of ascending, he said. We're, we're ascending, we're going in the right direction, we're building, and the building starts now. Not this is a useless period of time, we'll start building and bonding um, when training camp starts. No, it starts now, we're building now, we're training now, and we're going to continue to grow off of what we started here. But again, the whole conversation is about work, it's about work ethic, it's about having a, 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 an attitude of being great and, and not listening to people out there who are saying things like, quote-unquote, rebuild. He said people that say that kind of stuff, that they're using that as a crutch. There's just a different mentality with Kenny Clark, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and, and pretty much everybody else I've listened to, Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst. They all seem to have a singular focus and i and, and again similar i mean david bakhtiari is just like rogers they they said the 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 right thing in terms of the only thing i care about is winning but how they intend to manifest that is my issue saying it and doing all the right things to get there are two different things you can say i want to lose weight while you stuff cheesecake in your face that's possible but it's not ideal saying it and then laying out your life in such a way that you're more likely to lose weight is, is probably more beneficial than talking about how much I wish that that was the case and I really would like to win and I'd like to do these things, but I'm going to talk about how we're rebuilding and then talk about how I'm going to be here the bare minimum and I'm only here because I have to be. I mean, it's, it's just there, there is a clear and distinct difference in tone between Bakhtiari and I think everybody else left on this team. I think if, if you talk to probably, you know, Maybe maybe Randall. I don't, I don't know if he, he never really came off that way, but I think he was still in that in that group. Tunyon. Devontae was never that way, which I always appreciated of, about Devontae. He never had that mentality. He always was, I'm here to win. I'm here to work. He puts his head down and he grinds and he does everything he can. Always love that about Devontae. And again, he and Kenny are examples that just because you're a veteran, it's not an excuse. That doesn't mean you get a pass and you get to be too cool for school now. Anyways, I think I've made my point. Why don't we leave it at that? Uh, we do have some more of these interviews. We also have some OTA notes. We'll decide. I'll decide what I want to do tomorrow when tomorrow comes. But those are the two things we got to cover in the next couple days. Otherwise, you guys have a great night, and I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Goodbye.